Hello, welcome to Running Out of Time, The Fight with Cancer. I'm your host, Rob Hoffman. Thank you for listening today. Episode two, the F-bomb. I remember sitting in with the oncologist and as he was telling me that I had the rare T-cell leukemia and um, thyroid cancer, all I could think of myself was, what the fuck is going on? I'd just gotten over close to two years of uh, tissue removal for skin cancer, and I don't think it was more than a couple of weeks before uh, I met with the doc out at the VA who said, you know, the skin cancer is gone. You're good to go. And I thought to myself, hopefully that's it. Right. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's all done. And I don't want any more surgical sites um, having to heal after multiple surgeries for, you know, the tissue removal component of it. Uh, One that was so bad that it required wound care for a year, which that was a lot of fun. But I thought I was done and over with it. And suddenly out of nowhere, this truck comes and just blindsides me. And so now I have, you know, two more types of cancer. I share this with you, not because of the actual diagnosis aspect of it, but the response to it. Because I've seen this with a lot of friends too. I went through it with myself was what the fuck is going on? You know, now I have to put up with all of these things I have absolutely no control over, right? We as people like to have control of our daily lives, right? As much as possible anyway. So when you get medical news, and whether it's long-term disability, cancer, um, things that are going to affect your life for the rest of your life, there's a freak-out period. Some people like to pretend that maybe there isn't, but I can tell you that behind the scenes, the breakdown is real, extremely real, and it happens periodically. I mean, you know... It, I can only assume that it differs with other people, but friends that I've talked to that have gone through similar um, or, you know, long-term disability, um, this, this was a norm for all of us, right? You have those times afterwards where you're processing everything that happened and it hits you like a ton of bricks. And you break down. I mean, I had one point where I had a lot of friends and family coming forward saying, oh, we support you, anything you can do uh, or anything we can do to help you, you know, which was amazing. But when I got into my car and I closed the door and I was sitting there by myself, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I have surgeries coming up treatments coming up, you know, there's this whole myriad of stuff that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life, including medication for having your thyroid removed for the rest of your life. Um, And my surgery for that was over a year and a half ago, 
but I'm still not in a therapeutic state with my medication because I still have to do the radioactive iodine treatment. I've been able to do the radioactive iodine treatment because I've developed a ton of complications that require um, CAT scans. So if you're going into this new and you have to deal with the radioactive iodine treatments, one thing with CAT scans with iodine is it destroys your iodine levels. I mean, it blows it out big time. Um, typically, they want you to be under 100 for treatment, um, but the contrast for CAT scans can can knock it up to like 10,000. And so it takes a few months for it to leave your system and then for you to be able to go through and, you know, be able to get that treatment. So I've had multiple CAT scans for emergent issues for complications that have come up as well as I've been dealing with since 2004 uh, long-term disability with my spine and chronic pain and you know chronic pain's another one that it just wears you down you know and it it doesn't stop it it is 24 and 7 it is always there and that's always the guarantee that you're potentially going to do something to aggravate it more than it is and i have to say the va has been less than desirable on pain management, especially now we're back on the war with opiates and it's, it's ridiculous. You can't get pain relief without having to beg for it. Everything that I've been going through with chronic pain for the last two or three years, um, you know, has been trying to find other things other than pain medications to help essentially um but this goes back to the long-term aspect of whether it's long-term disability or having your thyroid removed or you know anything that requires you to take a synthetic medication for the rest of your life um you know for something that your body did before surgeries is it, it's a lot it's a lot to process and it's ongoing. So don't think that, you know, it's not okay that you've gotten through several iterations of treatment or surgery and it still drags you down like quicksand because it happens, at least with my experience, it happens. And mental health can take a detrimental hit as a result of this. If, if you're not coming up with ways to process, to understand, um, you know, what you're going through and what it causes on you, uh, negatively, um, as you progress through it. And it's, uh, you, you have to take a very real look at yourself and your life because if you don't, you bury it down and then it just keeps burying and burying, but one day it's gonna explode. Whether that's in um, thinking about suicide, um, you know, or self-harm, um, trying to find ways to deal with it through drugs, alcohol, any of it, um, you know, it's, uh, 
there's, you know, people talk about drug addiction, alcohol addiction. And sometimes I wonder, um, having my own battle with alcohol um, several years ago, if it isn't an addiction, like I'll use alcohol as an example, if it isn't an addiction with alcohol specifically, it's not an addiction to be able to numb the pain for a little bit, to give yourself a break. And it, you know, it just seems to me that you would think the medical community would focus more on those aspects, whether it's mental health, physical health, um, natural healing, whatever aspects may help that, um, you know, versus just the black and white of do this, don't do this, and that's it. Well, you're left to struggle with, you know, a demon or multiple demons on multiple fronts, you know, given what you're facing. And especially if you have long-term disability and then cancer on top of it, as well as other medical complications, they can potentially come with that. It, it, it can be extremely horrible. It can be isolating. Um, and it can be detrimental to your physical and mental health. Now, am I saying all this to depress everybody out there? Um, no, not at all. I want to share this because this is something that I've been going through, and I know that a lot of people have uh, issues, you know, sharing this type of stuff, especially with friends, family, and the public. And, you know, I've definitely traditionally in the past have been one of those, but I'm sharing this now in the hopes to let you know that you're not alone. This happens. It's a very real reaction, um, you know, to the set of circumstances, whatever it is that's negative in your life and potentially life altering, um, you know, for the negative. So for me, um, it's been finding healthy outlets to deal with all of this. And so I've gotten in, gotten into a few things. Um, you know, I mentioned in episode one, I started getting into filming because I've, I've got a passion for it. I love doing it. I'm constantly learning with it. I don't think that you ever stop learning. Um, you can find a lot of negativity in the field with filmmaking, especially from um, quote unquote industry pros that think that you need to do things a certain way. And there's a difference between somebody trying to tell you something to help you out versus just somebody trying to tear you down because their experience has been, you know, less than stellar or for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, in general, there's a lot of negativity out there across the board on, on everything. But films incredibly can be incredibly difficult that way. But I have found that it's therapeutic for me if I just ignore all that. I do it for me and I do it for those around me because we enjoy it and that helps immensely to deal with things it keeps your mind off of things um it's a creative outlet because I mean you can make a film about anything in your life that's an amazing aspect about it right if you love dogs you can make a film about dogs if you're having a hard time um, with isolation, so say self-isolation, because you don't feel worthy of people, um, you can make a film about that. You can broadcast what you are thinking and what you are feeling to an audience to potentially 
how you know affect them uh the same way that whatever you're filming on you know whatever the topic is affects you and to be able to have that connection with people for me has been absolutely amazing and then as i progress i also work with new people um to learn new things you know and with existing people that i've set up uh relationships with it, it's just been a, an amazing experience um like i said it just you know in the last episode i came back from texas um for the devil's night and i was an actor in one of this with a you know or in this with a um you know i had 10 lines um and it was a scene uh we're around an altar essentially getting ready to sacrifice this woman and acting for me is uncomfortable i love producing um i'm you know i find that i really love directing but acting is out of my comfort zone for a couple of reasons um really it's that uh well the first one is self doubt and self you know i don't want to go as strong as hatred but for my personal appearance you know i broke my back in the military um i got out in 04 with long-term um back issues chronic pain the whole nine yards and the weight just piled on over the years and it got ridiculous um the last few years and so Every time I look in the mirror, I hate how I look today, even though as where it stands today, so far I've lost 60 pounds and I'm aggressively, you know, working on that. Um, but I still hate how I look, but I'm trying to find peace with that. And so going in and acting on this movie for me was a big aspect of that self-appreciation that I don't care what I look like I'm doing this to get out of my comfort zone to understand another piece of film better to learn from new people on how they do it and to prove to myself that you know I have value um irregardless of how I view my personal appearance even though I'm consistently working on it all the time so for me, that was that was huge. It, it, and it was another aspect of being very therapeutic, not only, um, like I mentioned, the trip on the way down and enjoying everything and back up, but the experience of it, it in itself of being on set um, for a medieval movie, seeing all these people around me that were excited about it, running lines beforehand, and, and just seeing that passion you know, re reminded me and gave me another reason to live, essentially, to, to keep soldiering on and to push through things, um, irregardless of how bad they get. And so it was it was a great experience, and, and film overall has brought that for me so far. Um, you know, I'm not where I would like to be in my career with it yet, but I'm learning and I'm growing every day. And I don't care what people say, it's never too late to get involved in something that you love. I mean, if you still have time left, do it. Um, you know, obviously you're still alive listening to this, so go forth and do those things that you've always wanted to do. Don't, don't put them off.
Um, you know, that's, that's been one of the most important aspects. And then going back to keeping yourself distracted, you know, I started painting uh, Warhammer 40K miniatures, but those are getting super expensive. So I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be doing that. But even just general models, there's something that helps me lose myself in the fine details of painting models or miniatures or all that stuff. Um, and I found that I love doing that too. I just love distracting my mind. Um, also, you know, music, writing, um, just general art stuff that I didn't allow myself to do a lot of when I was younger because I'm, what am I, 44? And, you know, when we were young and we were going to school in the 80s and 90s, it was you get a job that matters and the jobs that mattered were like finance, you know, or lawyers or doctors, or you go into a respectable field and being an artist or a musician wasn't a respectable field at the time. Right. It was um, a hobby essentially. And a lot of people in our parents' generations didn't take those aspects seriously because you know, for a lot of them, it, it wasn't a reality unless you had that unique talent and, you know, you made it, made it big, which was, you know, very few, it wasn't realistic to get into it. And if I had it to do all over again, I would have gotten into film straight out of high school, you know? Um, and I, you know, but I didn't, and I don't regret that aspect because I've got into it now. I've got into it, um, later in life but like i said before it's it's just never too late to do the things you want to do so stop putting them off because we don't know that there's going to be a tomorrow on you know none of us do and it doesn't matter if it's cancer related or some kind of health issue or a blood clot or it could be something as simple as getting hit by a car you know circumstances outside of your control can end your life tomorrow. And I don't mean that as a depressing thing or end your life now immediately. Um, but I mean it as a wake up call to get out there and do the things that you want to do and that you want to accomplish and get out there and live because while it might not seem like it, irregardless of the disability or medical condition or mental health condition, there are things that you can do to still move yourself forward and to help your mind rebound, um, you know, via your mental health to feel good, to feel useful, to feel alive again, you know, it's, it's really on us because in the end, you know, you really have yourself ultimately is the only person that you can depend on. And if you have a great support structure with friends and family, then that's great. But you can't expect somebody else to bear the brunt of everything that you are going through, um, especially in today's age with all the stuff with COVID and, and just everything in general. You know, it just seems the world is spiraling out of control. You have to be your biggest advocate on medical stuff, on mental health, on your occupation, on your relationships. You need to be your own advocate. And, you know, and that's what I've learned so far is to stop waiting around for things to happen to you and make them happen. And so hopefully 
that whole aspect wasn't a big, you know, babble. And, and there's something useful in there for you, um, you know, that I touched on. And again, we'll get into a lot more of this as the as the podcast continues. But initially in these episodes, just trying to find my feet, um, it's just talking about the overall experience of, of it all, um, you know, and just life in general. So if you take anything from this, please take away that you're not alone. There's so many people out there fighting battles. If you have people that have offered help, take them up on it, even if it's something just minor and minute that makes them feel like they're helping and that can potentially help you and help you see those individuals' love and appreciation for you. A lot of people don't want to burden others, but there are people out there, you know, typically that genuinely want to help and so this is a part of that self-love aspect of appreciating that appreciating that person and allowing them to do so because it's going to help both of you so just something to consider and obviously within your own comfort zone i'm not a psychologist i'm you know i'm not an md um this is just sharing my own opinions and what i've gone through so far in what I've seen, um, think of me as more of a peer, you know, peer support um, on this type of stuff. And I just encourage you to try, you know, and get out of your comfort zone and live life the best you can. Um, this has been Rob Hoffman, and I look forward to uh, talking to you further on the next episode. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Running Out of Time, The Fight with Cancer. I'm Rob Hoffman, your host. Thank you again for contributing towards this broadcast, and I look forward to seeing you next time.